welcome. You found the Inspired Astrology Podcast. I am Lauren K. Hickman. This is a full moon episode, the Pisces full moon of August 30th, 2023. Uh, it's happening 8.36 Central Standard Time, so just adjust that to wherever your clock sits uh, as far as time zones, right? So uh, I just got back from a big trip uh, back to Iowa. I taught a Reiki 1 initiation training over the course of the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, as well as seeing clients, seeing my family, doing all of the things. Uh, this was right after I just burst to this finish line for summer school. Um, I turned in so many papers and we're not just talking like, oh, three page paper. It was like 22 pages of papers, 15 pages of papers, many of those, many quizzes, many tests, but I did it. Uh, still doing my internship, still doing my thing, uh, Ursa Day Healing Arts out of Moving Galaxy, as well as getting involved online. So you can find me at ursaday.us if you want to book a session with me, uh, whether that's the portal, which is distance Reiki, or if you want to do distance astrology together, absolutely just be in touch. We'll find a time. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at ursaday underscore, underscore, underscore. And soon enough, there is an app called AstroStar that is doing a soft launch this month uh, of September. So I will be doing a live stream. Uh, it's a Tuesday, September 17th, I believe. And that's at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. So I'll post that in the uh, show notes as well as Jonah is on there. He invited me along for the journey of this new launch. It's an app You'll hear all about it with our conversation, but again, I will link those into the show notes. I hope that you are taking good care of yourself this full moon. I hope you enjoy the episode with Jonah and I, which was kind of screeching in at the finish line about 24 hours before the full moon, but we we do this because we care and we're devoted. And here we are doing the Pisces full moon, Mercury retrograde, seven planets in retrograde, Venus retrograde, finishing out its cycle, Mercury trying Jupiter, Saturn conjunct the moon opposite Virgo sun. It's, it's a smattering, if you will. So come along for the ride and just surrender to the conversation. Uh, here's me and Jonah. Stay inspired. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, Jonah. <laughs> Hello, Lauren. <laughs> Everything just feels crazy. So we'll start with a game show. What have you been doing? What has been going on? Oh, man, so much. Um, I was on vacation for a while, visiting family, visiting friends, checking out the West Coast. I haven't been there in ages, um, which was a fun adventure, um, which ended with an even more fun adventure because I was traveling on the day that Merc Mercury Station retrograde. Uh, yeah so uh madcap hilarity ensued and uh we can talk about that when we get into our mercury retrograde report um but i've also uh i've started making my whimsical videos again on tiktok and instagram and um also um for this new astrology app that i'm a part of uh called astro star and um i was asked to be on that by sam reynolds who is a great astrologer. And so I'm starting to generate content for them and do readings through them. And also I invited uh, the lovely Lauren K. Hickman uh, to be a part of this as well. So I think uh, you're you're signed up and starting to do stuff as well. Is that correct? Right. We're both advisors on AstroStar and they're in their soft launch. Lunch? Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not both? And this next month is really exciting for them. And I think Jonah and I can both attest to the, I don't know, these developers who know nothing about astrology really went out of their way to investigate, you know, what astrologers were out there that wanted to participate in the building and development of this particular app. And I think that it is, it stands alone only because we're able to interact with the astrologers, it's not just an algorithm generating information, even though that is a component of it, where there are kind of like the breakdown of your chart and what certain things mean. But with Sam Reynolds being on board since the get go, it seems like it's very legit. And, uh, you know, you, you got to meet uh, Lily Chan Shen, who was like the consultant there. And I, I did onboarding the other day. So 
Yeah, Jonah set up for when is your first live feed? Uh, September the 15th um, at I think 8 p.m. Mountain Time. Mm -hmm. And that's the day that uh, Mercury Stations direct. So uh, the name of my talk is, Oh, What a Perfect Day. Um, or, oh, such a perfect day, Mercury Stations direct in Virgo. So I'm going to um, kind of go back over the Mercury retrograde um, uh, zone and kind of help digest some of that and think about archetypes of Mercury as the messenger, as well as Virgo, um, kind of looking at the Demeter and Persephone myth and uh, Mercury's role as an intermediary between the above world and the underworld in that myth. So that's kind of like my working idea. Yeah. Love psychopomp Mercury. Love mm -hmm. all of that. Awesome. So yeah, all you have to do is go to Astrostar and download the app and we'll put um, both of our codes in the show notes. So then you can pick which astrologer that you want to do a referral code with. Just kidding. Actually, it's fine, whichever one that you want to use. But if you download the app and get signed up in there, you can upload your birth details and information. And then just locating the webinar. And it looks like there's going to be a lot of live feeds from Sam Reynolds. And then Cameron Allen is on there. Yep. Yeah. Um, I've seen a couple of astrologers that I met at Norwalk last year. So it seems like it's starting to build some momentum, at least getting very legitimate, uh, legitimate astrologers out there. So real people doing real readings through a real app. I think it's, it, it sounds like it's going to be a great time, but yeah, yeah you have to look up for the webinar and then hit book now and it'll save it. So then you'll know when to watch the live feed with Jonah. Cool. And you're going to be doing one in the not so distant future, right? I hope. Yeah, just a few days after you, it'll be on Tuesday, September 19th at 8 p.m. And uh, I'm the type that sort of flies by the seat of my pants. So I thought maybe I'd just call it inspired astrology and just see what the fuck happens when I get on there. Um, I, I just spent the last five days teaching and honestly, if I try to prepare material, I think that it would be a hot mess. So <laughs> we'll see what happens, yeah, but you'll be able to find both of us there. So look for Jonah Emerson Bell or Lauren K. Hickman on Astrostar. Awesome. <laughs> I feel so like radio class in high school again. Well, you got to take a radio class. That's so cool. Oh, it's really, I would get so hot in the face, like just like really, really anxious and excited to like talk into a microphone in the back of Valley High School in West Des Moines. But yeah. yeah. Oh my God, that's so cute. <laughs> well, like the best part was if I had like a crush on a boy, I could like play the music over the intercom and be like, yeah, comfortably numb. That was for Brian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> music in the hallways, all that stuff. But anyway, now I'm blushing. All right. Venus is almost out of retrograde and I don't have to like continue to bump into ex-boyfriends and things like this past weekend. So <laughs> how's that been for you? I, I, I guess we'll just, we're just, we're just chitting chatting. We have a full moon coming up, but there's. Yeah. I think that I've talked to like every ex-partner that I've had in the past, like five to seven years during this Mercury retrograde. Wild. Sorry, sorry, Venus retrograde. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, Venus is heading out on September 3rd. So that's just a, just a breath away, actually. Yeah. Almost, almost through it. Yeah. I, um, my mom just handed me a pile of like, it was a letter to my grandma and like most of the information was about my ex that was in there. And Whoa. then I had to stop by a friend's house while I was in Des Moines, who's moving. And she gave me back a portrait that was done by a former of mine in New York, who's an artist. And then like a neighbor that was like my 16, you know, 16 year old boyfriend. And then I was doing a Reiki class out of my ex's old apartment that is now an Airbnb in Des Moines. And it was like, oh, all of this, this is just happening. And mm -hmm. ran into that said former. But um, I think that it's always a good time to thank our exes, to put it in the words of Janelle Monet, um, who's got a great 
uh, podcast interview right now. And I think you guys know by now that I really, really, really like, I like them a lot. Janelle Monet is pretty incredible. But this idea of thanking your exes is retrieving your heart and knowing that it was all worth it because grief and love are very intermingling in the way that they navigate. Um, I think of Donnie Darko, like, what's the opposite of love? It's fear, you know, <laughs> grief, grief and love are intertwined because we have to make friends with one to have the other. Anytime that we open our hearts up to engage with a new person in our lives, whether that's a friendship or a hound dog or a lover, right? We have to open ourselves up to the possibility that A, they're going to leave or B, they're going to die. And either way, there is pain involved with that, right? One of you are going to leave this mortal coil before the other, but there, I mean, there is, there is that tension and maybe we don't think about it as much in our friendships um, because it doesn't have that greedy weight that capitalism gives us in our and our like mono culture, the nuclear relationships of having a primary partner. Um, but there's, I don't know, there's so much to learn about love when we take people off the pedestal and we just allow us to be like equal hearted and that we're both valuable, which I think is what the, the nodes in Aries and Libra is truly about is like taking up space, taking up equal amount of space and not making yourself tiny anymore. Mm, I love that. And um, just speaking about the vulnerability of love, you know, if we think about Venus's retrograde cycle as, um, you know, a journey into the underworld, that um, that underworld journey requires vulnerability, right? And it requires us sort of like meeting the shadow and meeting grief and loss and sadness and the things that didn't work out the way we wanted them to. And kind of all of the the shadow that kind of uh, coagulates around that and being able to embrace it and greet it and allow that to pass through us so that we can be reborn on the other side of the cycle as a more integrated person right? having um, a deeper understanding of what our values are. Um, what brings us pleasure, what brings us joy, right, and how to love um, a little deeper. A little more fiercely yeah. totally yeah i think that those scary underworld experiences like um we all have them they're not as like dramatic as getting hung up on a hook right <laughs> and what i'm referring to is uh jonah's interpretation of the old um sumerian yeah sumerian yeah the sumerian yeah. myth about arishka Gil, I can never pronounce her name properly. Yeah, An Anana and Arishkagal. Yeah, um, but you. Which, yeah. Oh, by the way, um, Chris Brennan uh, had an amazing episode with Demetria George on the astrology podcast, talking about uh, the Venus retrograde cycle and uh, that myth and the correlations with the Barbie movie. So, um, if y'all are interested, um, I highly recommend that. That's great. I, Demetra is amazing. I mean, she's just such, I, yeah, I can't say enough about her. I mean, we, we, we part ways on, she switched a whole house system and I asked her why, and she couldn't give me a reason why. And I was like, I respect that. You know, she, she's been doing this a lot longer than either of us have. And she's written all the books on traditional Hellenistic astrology this is a very, very, very dedicated woman. And to hear her talking to like the brilliant Chris Brennan, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. And, and Barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I have to say that her uh, ancient astrology um, is, I think, the best book on astrology that I've ever read. And I have a lot of books on astrology. I'm looking at your shelf of books. That's wild. Um, all right, well, we'll, we'll put those in the show notes, right? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to remind people of those book lists. Um, yeah, one of my students gave me a Mark Jones book over the weekend. She was just like, I like, I'm not going to read this. And I was like, great, like one more for the pile with the graduate school readings. <laughs> nice. Um, I really like his books. I have one of them, the like healing the soul wound or soul yep. healing or something. Yeah, that's great. That's the one she passed over. So I'm excited. Cool. Yeah, I know he he's hooked up with uh, Tony in the um, astrology university. 
Yeah, okay. I think he's teaching a class about uh, the transiting nodes uh, coming up. Sweet. There is so much information out there, you know, and I'm, I'm sure if you're tuning in here, you're probably wanting to learn a little bit more about astrology, but there are some great programs. I think Astrology University has a four-year program, but they also just have like uh, a la carte, you know, webinars and, and, and interesting information. And uh, my mentor, who I'm co-authoring a book with, Ryan Evans, is a master teacher in the Forest School of Astrology and is actually mentoring and teaching through that, that university. So there are a lot of programs that have moved out of the classroom, moved out of the kind of the less accessible, like you had to go to California to do your coursework because yeah, Stephen wasn't doing online courses really for a long time. Right. He was teaching in like Australia, China, North Carolina, California, um, and then uh, over time started whittling that down because I think he's in his 80s um, and now he's moved everything online. Actually, I think he's in his early 70s. I think he's an old hippie, but yeah, I know it's the it's the it's the wizard look, right? Yeah. <laughs> Bright white hair. Yeah. He was a redhead. OK, so <laughs> I love the tangents that we get on anyway. Astrostar, Venus retrograde. Okay, so let's talk about all the planets going retrograde the this coming week. Um, yeah, we were just discussing this that yeah, the outer planets go through their cycles like every, you know, like six months out of the year they're in retrograde. It's it depends yeah. on which planet we're talking about here, right? right? And just like Mercury, you know, once or twice a year ten, tends to be in the retro three times a year. Listen, I'm <laughs> my poor brain. I'm like Reiki. Do you want to talk about Reiki? Don't know. Let's talk about. <laughs> this cool. No, I've been stu I've been like looking at this all day. Okay. All right. You just you just like you be you carry you carry me through this episode. <laughs> we'll carry each other. I'll lean up against your back if you lean up against mine. We won't have to sleep with our heads in the mud. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Mercury does the retrograde dance three times a year, Venus, 18 months, like we have all these different cycles. And so if you are newer to astrology and you're picking up on this hype about Mercury being in Gatorade, as Jonah calls it, or if you're concerned about like, wow, Saturn's in retrograde and all the outer planets are in retrograde. What does that mean? Well, it, it doesn't have to mean anything. All of us can have retrograde planets in our chart. I know quite a few clients of mine um, and shout out to Shana uh, that have a retrograde Mercury in their chart and actually do better during Mercury retrograde seasons. Um, my mom would say that if you have a retrograde planet in your chart, that means that you're kind of requalifying some old karma, that you're trying to do some do-over work around the issues related to that planet, the sign, the placement in, in your chart makeup. So if we look at periods of retrograde and cycles and universal cycles that are happening on, um, there is some significance to this many planets happening all at once. And if retrogrades teach us anything, Jonah, what is it to, to slow down? That's right. Slow down, double check your work, go inwards. Um, also, I think that there's a piece of, for me, just surrendering and recognizing that like, I'm not, it's maybe not going to be my way, you know, and maybe it's easier if I just allow the process to unfold, you know. And one of the things that I think about the Mercury retrograde um, and Mercury in general, Mercury as the messenger, is um, during, uh, in the Iliad, there's this uh, piece around uh, Priam, who's the uh, king of Troy, trying to go and negotiate with Achilles to get uh, the body of his son back. Um, and so he is leaving Troy um, and going to try and make his way through the camp of the uh, uh, Greeks to try and find Achilles and Mercury shows up or Hermes shows up um, in the disguise of uh, his charioteer and takes him on this long and winding circuitous path. And he's like, yo, where are we going? Like we need to go left and they're going right. And Mercury uh, sort of 
takes him in this long winding way to avoid being detected, avoid being captured and brings him uh, to the right place at the right time. And I think that's how Mercury functions, right? When we're in, uh, in alignment with that energy. Um, and instead of being like, I need to go in a straight line because I want to go to where I want to go. We need to kind of like relax and allow Mercury to bring us to where we're supposed to be in, in right timing. And I think that's, uh, has been a very valuable lesson for me. So that meandering is reflective of our episode right now. All right. A little bit. We just have to trust this process, Jonah. That's what I'm hearing is that uh, we have to surrender a little bit to the, <laughs> to the Mercury gods in our mind. Right. Yeah. So Mercury is um, in our charts. It's reflective of, uh, I think of the inner self, because when we're talking to ourselves in our heads, it's usually your, your Mercury energy that's going on. And then often your sun or your rising sign is the personality that kind of plays out whatever fiery synapses are happening inside of your personal universe. The Mercury ruling communication voice, speech, travel, right? And Jonah's got a travel story here. Uh, commerce, signing contracts, negotiations. So all of these things are going to be kind of pertinent and in the energy of Virgo, which again, Mercury has some rulership or some co-authorship, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, Jonah called it extra. Mercury in retrograde in Virgo is a little extra. And yeah, so we talked a little bit about our Venus exes. Let's hear about Jonah's Mercury retrograde experience on the day of. Well, yeah, I was flying uh, from San Diego uh, where I was visiting my dad back to New Mexico where I live. And, um, you know, I just like made the flight months ago. And then as I was like looking at it, getting prepared to go to the airport and realizing that Mercury is stationing retrograde, and looking at how short my layover was and how late my in the day my flight was, I was like, oh, this is this is not boding well for me uh, getting back to where I want to be. And so, you know, I just kind of made arrangements. I packed some pajamas in my carry on, like my toothbrush, um, you know, talk like talk to the airline was like, hey, how's this looking? Are you going to put me up in a hotel, et cetera, et cetera. And then when I missed, like, didn't uh, hit my connecting flight, I was prepared for that. I didn't freak out. I didn't melt down. There are people around me at the uh, customer service desk, like freaking out. And I was sort of like, yeah, it's what happens. Right. And like, we can't avoid these things. Right. But what we can do is prepare ourselves and in, to come into alignment. And instead of like being frustrated, we can, you know, try and take our hotel voucher and watch a bunch of law and order and, you know, just take it easy. And, you know, so it took me about 24 hours longer than I anticipated um, to make it on home. But having the awareness of astrology that this is probably how it was going to go down saved me a lot of frustration, you know. And one of the things that I have kind of realized or been thinking about, um, like Lauren alluded to, is that Mercury, who is the ruler of Virgo, um, uh, has a lot of power in that sign. And when a planet has power, right, and they are also in like a difficult situation, like a retrograde, um, it doesn't mean that it's going to go better, which is kind of what I was hoping. It means that it's like a little bit more intense, right? Because you can think about like uh, somebody or something with a lot of power, a lot of energy, like having a very frustrating time and the ways that that plays out. Mm -hmm. Knowing what your trip was about visiting your dad, I just think about how Mercury represents the child and Virgo of service, right? And you you were there in that capacity. So there's a lot of overlap and there's a lot of different layers anytime that we do interpretation. Um, that's the poetry of it. Like none of it is literal. We get to have all the metaphors that we want with this and we just hope that it it resonates with truth. Yeah, yeah. You know, another thing that I've been thinking about with this Mercury retrograde is, you know, they say don't sign contracts, right? Um, blah, blah, blah. Like all these things that you're not supposed to do, um, which I trust, right? But also like we have to live our lives. And when Mercury is in retrograde, 
three times a year, that's uh, taking up a bunch of space, right? And, you know, I had to re-sign a lease, right? Which is also like re-signing. Um, and it's important that we're like looking over the paperwork and not just like acting impulsively. Um, because again, uh, Virgo is about details, right? Virgo is analytic. It's uh, sorting things out. It is um, kind of going over things with a fine tooth comb and Mercury in retrograde is, you know, going over them again and again and again and making sure that it's right and making sure that um, our long-term interests are um, being looked after, right? So, you know, the list of stuff that you're not supposed to do, great, but if you have to keep living your life, just make sure that you don't do it impulsively and that you take a couple extra minutes and kind of reread and uh, reconsider what you're signing or you know, the plane flight that you're buying, et cetera. Yep. And just a caveat that you, if you already had plans that were in motion, if you've already like agreed to do something, uh, yeah, you're safe, safe zone. <laughs> it's not as, um, I guess, troublesome if, if we're looking at there, this is kind of superstitious if we're being honest, right? There is some superstition to it. And I'm a realist and I think like, don't do drama right? That's the big thing that we, what we see online and in the current of social media is people trying to get your attention. Mm -hmm. And so drama is a wonderful way for an astrologer to catch your attention. Oh, Aries and Libra, you need to pay attention. Or Pisces and Virgo, you need to pay attention. Or if you're a mutable sign, right? Yeah. Jonah's making this hysterical face right now. And like, I don't know, Jonah got my attention just by like having his face too close to the camera, you know, like doing your tarot your tarot reports, but, um, I digress. Uh, just don't, don't do drama. You're fine. Everybody's fine. We go through retrogrades all the time. And if it, if it yields some information for you or lessons or, wow, I'm like repeating this pattern that I need to be paying better attention to, or did that really just come out of my mouth or, okay, I need to like go nap right now. Um, Virgo, Virgo season is chompy. It is the process. And if we look at this from a seasonal archetypology, my lens, um, this is the season where we go back to school, that we're harvesting the crops. If we're going further back, we have to have our shit together for winter. This is the time where everything is bursting out of the ground. The first kind of cool air of fall is coming in. There's a lot of work to be done. And, you know, just like Scorpio is the compost heap, Virgo is the one taking out the trash, cleaning up the dishes, doing the thing, right? Not the Virgo person, but the energy of Virgo is constantly on the move because there's process. There's something to be done. There's always the next thing, always the next to-do list, always something else to organize. And that can be very frustrating for those with, you know, a lot of Virgo native energy into their natal chart because people tend to count on them. Um, you know, I, I think about how this might serve Jonah with like your MC in Virgo in, in that uh, you are dedicated and devoted to putting out the work that you do, right? Like the Melee Report every week, you're, you've been pretty solid about it. What, 300 episodes? uh two i just put out 206 206 okay yeah i'm um, see that's me being dramatic see uh -huh. <laughs> let me get your attention right yeah. uh anyway well jo you know jonah's like that devotion and that that process and sticking to itiveness right it's it's a devotional practice and i i was teaching to my students about this that devotion only gets you so far discipline is the other hand with that that some days you really are not feeling so hot about your meditation practice, or you're not feeling so hot about cleaning your house or like your dog or whatever it is that you're devoted to. So the discipline is getting up, taking them for a walk, getting up, getting on your meditation cushion, doing the thing. Right. And, and those go hand in hand for, for Virgo and for all of us, because we all have to contain the multitudes of the Zodiac including how Virgo sits in our chart. Yeah. And Mars has been in Virgo. It just moved into Libra. So depending on where that sits in your chart, maybe you had a Virgo return. Maybe it was sitting in your 12th house with Mercury for a very long time, like myself. 
but it, it there's a lot there's a lot to learn when we when we can navigate um those cycles those personal mm-hmm. cycles and as well as understanding what the what the good stuff is about the energies that we're working with yeah yeah i've been thinking about um virgo and the Pisces Virgo polarity, which I think is very interesting. And one of the ways that I conceptualize this is um, Pisces is always thought of as, or I always think of it as this very like spiritual kind of like out there sign. Um, You know, it's kind of a longing for that interconnected oneness of all things, that ocean of consciousness, right? It's the dream and the imagination and manifestation, right? Um, And Virgo, excuse me, the polarity of that is also incredibly spiritual, but it's taking that kind of uh, transcendent, transpersonal out there spirituality and bringing it into the mundane, into the daily life, into the physical realm. And I think this is one of the reasons that um, the perfectionism of Virgo, right, which can be a shadow aspect of it, uh, one of the ways that that shows up is being like, it's not good enough because it's not like the dream, right? It's not that like perfect vision that I have in my mind when I try and enact it in the world. And that's like incredibly painful and frustrating, right? So it can be constantly like pushing oneself to like try and get the physical reality to line up with the imaginative and the dream vision, which um, 3D reality doesn't work like that, right? When we have like, sixteenths of an inch and 30 seconds of an inch and wind resistance and gravity, right? And like no straight lines. Um, Like we're never going to get to the dream. And I think um, part of the lesson of this is being able to accept um, what what we have and realize that it's perfect in all of its imperfection, right? And I think about Virgo as um, kind of spiritualizing the mundane, right? Through our routines, our activities, the ritual of life, right? And thinking of life as a ceremony, right? And every day that we wake up and put our feet on the floor, we're like entering into the ceremony of life. And I think Virgo in its um, highest form is the like recognition of that. And like everything that we're doing is a devotional practice, right? And that it doesn't need to be out there, right? Because like we are actually like living, living the dream, Right. And we are um, in a constant like spiritual practice and we are constantly engaging in the ceremony of living and a ceremony of devotion. Um, sometimes it just takes remembering that. I just want to sit with that, but that every day can be a ceremony. And if we treat life sacredly, that changes the whole way that we view reality, right? And Mercury is a perspective planet. I don't think that Virgo often gets associated with that concept of perspective because it's more tenacious and has what you just described, right? Um, Bringing heaven to earth in a way is how you just put it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think, you know, if Pisces is chaos, you know, then Virgo is the order piece and you have to have both sides of that coin. Right. And so when we look at axis points, right, like Pisces Virgo is an axis point. This is a full moon tomorrow in Pisces during Virgo season. It's they're layers to one another. It's not that they're opposites necessarily, but they are challenging each other to find what is the centerpiece. How do you get to the center of those two energies? Um, and of course, there's not a sign that's the Virgo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have these two fish swimming in space, representing the binary and non-dualism. Right, mm-hmm. the water itself represents the chaos of existence, and that we're constantly trying to put our finger on it. And Pisces also has that kind of fishy um, abundance energy to it. I like what you said about looking for union and looking for oneness, um, because Pisces can have serious abandonment issues, mm-hmm. right? And so too can Virgo. It can be very fucking lonely feeling like you're the only one who's you know, keeping the world together, Atlas, Atlas holding the boulder of the world. Yeah. 
that's that's a pretty painful feeling for both of those signs. I think that they do get quite isolated. Um, so if Virgo is constantly taking on and shouldering everything, that means that we have to be responsible for what we can control because there is so much outside of our control. And one of the main topics that I spoke on this weekend to my Reiki students was that we are, we're so self-centered. We are so self-centered and that almost everything that we feel disruptive or that creates suffering in our lives is because we're making it about ourselves. But ourselves, this idea, this perception that we are a solid being, like you can look at your hand and be like, oh, I have, you know, I can trace my awareness around this boundary of what myself is. But if we were to look close enough or maybe far enough away, we are a trillion different cells. We are blood platelets. We are dying and reinventing themselves cells. We're bone marrow. We are microorganisms. We're like bacteria. There's creepy little things crawling on our skin right now. Mm -hmm. So we're a universe. We're not a thing. We're not a one. And we're exchanging energy with everything around us all the time, which is the chaos, right? So Virgo's like the, the one telling you that there's a there's a boundary. And Pisces is like, fuck no, like everything is just one big squish. And so if we're one big squish, which is the reality of things, then you're not responsible for all the dumb shit that happens in your life, right? Or you can't go back and try to reimagine your world, right? That perfectionism, oh, if I'd only done this a different way, right? That's a lack of acceptance. That's a lack of surrender. And if it was supposed to happen that way, it would have. Mm -hmm. And like, I guess that I've been, I've been really beating myself up about my hound dog probably more than anything, because I had a bad feeling about the surgery and he had the surgery and then he went to daycare and then he got kennel cough. And now we're on week six of pneumonia and the seventh fucking antibiotic round, you know, and my dog is still sick and I can't help but think like, oh, if I had only listened to my intuition, but there are so many factors involved here. And it's, I mean, you could pick apart any situation in your life and recognize that like, it's not on you. My responsibility now is to take care of my dog that, that he is sick, right? Like I have to deal with the reality that's in front of me and not keep trying to rewrite what if, what if I should have, should have, should have, should have, should have, and then I'm shitting all over myself, shitting all over myself. So um, that was my little soapbox rant about how you are responsible for your stuff, but like also there are a lot of things that are outside of your control that are impacting anything that occurs in reality because we're a big squish. Yeah. And I think that is the one of the beauties of astrology for me is really getting to recognize that polarity, right? And that we can hold both, right? The Pisces chaos and the Virgo order. And, you know, as the individual um, you know, trying to balance those in the self, right. And recognize where things are out of whack. And like, maybe we need more Virgo energy here, or maybe we're like going back over with a fine tooth comb and picking things apart, um, in like a way too, uh, detail oriented nitpicky way. And we need to zoom way out into the Piscean oneness of everything to like, uh, readjust our perspective, you know? I tell my Virgo clients all the time, you don't have to be perfect. To be present is more than enough, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. If we're thinking about how we can do things better all the time, then maybe we're missing out on an opportunity for eye contact mm. or, or like smelling something in the room or like, you know, being, being with someone while they're suffering or while they're laughing, right? It could either way, right? Yeah. The thing that I've been thinking about, especially since uh, Mercury stationed retrograde, is uh, not letting uh, perfection be the enemy of good enough, right? Being able to find out where that line is. Because I find myself being like, no, it's got to be better. Or I've got to like refine it, refine it, refine it, refine it, rethink it, redo it. And it's like, just let it go, you know? Just sitting there like polishing this little thing over and over again, missing the bigger picture right and how do we just let it go just let it go it's i mean that just makes me think of a lot of 
like even our contrast with that, you know, when you were trying to do some mercury magic and like finding the perfect time to cast the stone and do this thing. And I was like, I, you just do it. You just do it when it feels right. Right. And I guess that that's just my, um, my way of moving through the world is kind of like in this world, but not of this world. And often I'm really surprised at how astrology matches choices that I made without ever investigating or ever like looking towards a chart or yeah. So we all have different ways of handling it. Jonah helped me with launching my website, which Lily Shen of Astro Star said was the bestest website that she looked at. So, Ooh, feeling good. Nice. nice. But you, you were so helpful with helping to like, you're like Mercury's in retrograde. It's not a good time. I think that you need to wait. And I was like, but I don't want to wait. I'm an Aries. And you're like, do it. Just sit, you know? And yeah, I, I was like, you're an astrologer. How are you going to launch your astrology website with Mercury in retrograde and the moon void, of course? Like, <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. It's because I, I just, I wanted to get it done. I was uh -huh. just, yeah, but I was patient. I waited like a whole month, I think, Thank until you. I relaunched it. So, and it and looks great, by the by. I appreciate that. A lot of help, lot of help. <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about this uh, moon in Pisces, because we've been talking about this um, Virgo-Pisces axis for a minute. Um, are you good with that? Oh, yeah. No, I was like, oh, we should talk about Saturn conjunct the moon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Saturn's also conjunct the moon. Um, but we're getting, uh, let me just break it down real quick. On Wednesday, August the 30th at 6.35 p.m. Pacific time meaning 9.35 p.m. Eastern time. We're getting a full moon in Pisces at 7 degrees, 25 arc minutes of the sign of the fishes. And uh, this moon is going to be uh, conjunct Saturn, who is retrograde at 3 degrees and 33 arc minutes of Pisces. Um, and one of the things that I've been thinking about with this lunation is Pisces is a pretty far out there and powerful water sign and uh the waxing moon um increases and increases and so one of the things that i've been thinking about is like the increase of water and what that looks like and one of the ways that i think about that is the potential for flooding right and this can be emotional flooding because the moon can deal with our emotions right and so uh through all of these retrogrades this rethinking this going inside right all of this pressure um we might uh, experience some emotional overwhelm or emotional flooding right and flooding is where like we get overwhelmed and like can't handle it um, and so just thinking about the ways that we can allow that emotional energy, that watery energy to move cleanly through us. Um, on the physical level, um, Hurricane Idelia is going to hit um, the coast of Miami, the western coast of, uh, sorry, the western coast of Florida um, uh, on Wednesday, uh, which is like several hours before the full moon. Um, and there's like all these people are under evacuations and hurricane warnings. And I just hope everybody out there is safe. Um, but the, another example of flooding, right? Excess water, um, potentials for like, uh, water, uh, streaming in and overflowing. And with Saturn conjunct this moon, um, I think about Saturn as restrictive and constrictive and Saturn uh, maybe like trying to throw up barriers to this excess water because Saturn does not like to be destabilized. It does not like to be overwhelmed. It does not like to show emotion generally. Um, and so as we're like experiencing this like um, increase in emotion or increase in water, Saturn has the potential to try and shut it down or throw a dam up. Right. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is like, maybe like, what are better ways that we can try and manage uh, the water or emotions instead of trying to wall them off? Right. Because that doesn't really work. Right. It only works for so long. But if we develop estuaries, right, or irrigation canals, um, ways of directing this water or emotion to where it 
needs to go or can go to be supportive and helpful in the long run, that might be a better way of dealing with this in our internal ecosystem, as well as our external ecosystem. Um, and just thinking about, yeah, what is like a good way to reroute water or like structure water? And another way that I think about this is a net um, is a great way of structuring water because it allows us to dip in and retrieve what we're looking for without having to carry all of the weight of water. So that is my little spiel about uh, this uh, full moon, kind of like what I've been uh, chewing on all day. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah, it's it's wild with Neptune on its way out of Pisces and then Saturn coming into Pisces for, you know, what, two years, like, you know, two and a half year cycles. But it seems like we've had a lot more focus on flooding. And then we have all of this melting glaciers and ice caps and the Arctic. And I don't know, it's... <sighs> it's been really heavy, you know, and I think that the astrology is reflecting the climate situation and the earth changes situation. So it's all participating in some bigger picture, but how do we as humans respond to it as earth guardians, right? Our, our job is to connect the heavens and earth. Are we doing a very good job? Not sure. Um, so I like this idea of the net water is fucking heavy. It is super heavy. <laughs> How are you like, we, it's necessary for life and yet you have to like carry it around with you. If you, you know, how do you find water, seek water, look for water? And what if it's everywhere? What if it's knocking you down, pulling you into the stream? It's very, very powerful. And I think all of the elements have kind of a nurturing sweet side and then this like monstrous dark side. And water is one of the most like nebulously powerful because we don't think of it. We think of it as kind of like, oh, it's just this, you know, it's just water. It's like, you know, it's there. But if you capture it, if you dam it, if you freeze it, if it's a tsunami, if it's a giant wave being interacting with other earth elements, it's very, very powerful. And I, I'm, we, we're just, we're being pummeled by terrible weather. I mean, California got hit last week, Baja Sur, California, and now this hurricane. I mean, just it's just every, all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think about Saturn as pressure, right? And Saturn being that like weight of water, like the pressure um, pushing us down. And uh, it can be really overwhelming. And ideally what we get with Saturn is that pressure is helping to turn coal into diamonds right that pressure is helping us to find that like authentic jewel right that allows us to be like oh this is what's really vital and really important and i think you know um as we are dealing with uh climate change climate climate crisis right climate genocide um ideally that is that pressure right is helping us to realize what is really vital and valuable right how do we really um support life not just for humans right but for all life on earth and how do we support life not just for a few who are resource hoarding but for everybody and everything right just i keep i keep hearing my mom's voice in my head she's going saturn's karma it's karma, right? And we can look at that in our chart, the things that we're afraid of, what we're afraid of dealing with, what we're afraid of like growing into. It's kind of the Peter Pan syndrome. Like, well, how do we respond to it? Um, so this, in this circumstance, it'd be like oneness. How do we move into oneness mentality? How do we get to spaceship earth when we look at all of this as like a global crisis and not a crisis of individual countries or individual people? this this is impacting everyone right right and if we think about you know each each self right or each being is like part of the divine mind right and we are all part of the oneness which is the piscean understanding right that like if something is suffering then i too am suffering right and if um i if i am thriving then all things are thriving 
right? Or if something else is thriving, then I am thriving as well, instead of being like, I need to take their resources because I'm afraid that there's not enough, right? Which is actually like one of the um, like big realizations that I had uh, recently um, is just that there's enough to go around, right? That's scarcity. Yeah, scarcity is a really, really, really powerful, uh, like, I think it's isolating us. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm so overwhelmed at how often that I like, I resist being around other people or I resist, like, do I have enough energy to be around people or do I have enough love to go around? Can I be generous? Can I have that much attention? And it, I mean, it hurts me to think about how much resistance I have to say yes to, to circumstances because I don't know if I have the capacity, which is a total scarcity mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then it can come into those like, well, if, if shit went down, like, would I be willing to share? Like, would I be willing to participate or be communal? It's a big question. Like as Pluto moves into Aquarius, we have to fucking figure out how to communicate with each other. We have to learn how to really understand that the interconnectedness piece. And so that we can share our resources and share our information and our, our, our wisdom, our knowledge. Mm-hmm. So maybe aliens will come down and like give us the key and like it'll save the planet or whatever, right? Like in the movies. I hope so, but um, I've decided not to rely on aliens to save us. Jonah. That's, I mean, that's my personal choice. I am in utter and full agreement with you. (laughs) (laughs) We were chatting a little bit before we started recording about, um, well, about all of this stuff that we're talking about, but specifically the Saturn and Pisces and uh, power dynamics using spirituality as a power move. Mm-hmm. And um, I I just, I get wind of so much crap about like people putting hexes on one another or like using their power in negative ways, like they calling themselves spiritual teachers, but then like a- abusing power or scaring their students. Um, having that uh, that pedestal dynamic and things things like that. And Jonah and I were talking about, you know, how important it is that that we try to stand in integrity at every second that we can and that we don't sell out and that we're trying to, you know, not have Amazon affiliate links with our work and trying, you know, just trying to do the right thing and to connect with the right people. Um, because we have to live with ourselves at the end of the day. Right. And that's that's being unshakable. And I, I think opportunities that we have ahead of us, like we have to really take it one step at a time and just feel what feels right and always be able to pull out if it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, thinking about kind of the scarcity mentality, one of the, one of the things that I'm experiencing in the um, uh, Venus retrograde was happening in my 10th house by whole sign. So there's like all of, you know, besides like X's, contacting me there's all these like um 10th house career things that are happening um which on one hand is great and on the other hand uh is really terrifying right and the brings up these thoughts of like do i have the capacity to hold this can i show up for this i'm not good enough and also um this very old part of myself that's like i don't want to get my hopes up because then i'll be disappointed right it'll be taken away like, it's so much easier to live a small life where I don't, like, um, believe that anything better can happen because that way I can't be hurt, right? And I think a lot of, a, a piece of this um, retrograde for me is, be like, having to face that part where it's, like, I don't want to, like, have nice things because I'm afraid that I'll lose them, right? Sounds like some regression work is under underway there. Yeah. Yeah. And really having to like face that part of myself. That's like, no, we can't. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, actually, I don't think I've been able to talk to anybody about that. <laughs> so thanks. Like I just got chills. I'm like, Oh shit. Like that's a big piece of the puzzle right here. You know, I'm, I'm, I am with you. I don't, uh, I'm afraid to be seen. You know, I like really don't like putting my face online. Um, I don't, I don't know why, 
You, know? you have such a great face. My partner said the same thing. Like you spent all these years, like developing your voice and doing all this stuff. And you're so gorgeous. Why are you afraid? I'm like, I, I don't know. It's like to be perceived. Like it means that it's real. It means that we're teachers. It means that people might be listening out there, you know? And I always ask myself like, God, if you know, it's, it's the dummies out there who aren't really thinking about it or just put their shit out in the world. It's, it's the ones that are like, just tearing at their hair, trying to do the right thing and, and craft the words and try to, you know, get everything just right. And we have to be okay with being messy. Just like you said, like showing up a little bit messy and you can do everything, but you can't do it all perfectly. So hence these episodes being done hours before. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And but- just for the folks at home, we started recording this at like, 9 30 my time 10 30 lauren's time after a very full day um yes a full moon day yeah Uh, no just like all the ironies that i was in i was in a um i was at king sauna in chicago taking care of myself and my body and my sanity after a long 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 week of working and it was you know structures and like heat and dry spaces and then i was in this like pool and wet and water and just like water everywhere and I'm like wow that was kind of appropriate (laughs) that we always get to we get to play with the metaphors of the moon and and circumstances in our lives how they play out maybe that just happens to me more than some people I don't know well I think the one of the gifts of astrology is being able to recognize kind of the themes and archetypes right and recognize the elements right and the correlations that everything has like, for example, coming back to this full moon, Saturn is cold and dry, um, and the moon is uh, cold and wet. And, you know, putting these together, we can get really cold, right? And that sort of, like, um, tension between dryness and wetness, right? And how we moisten the dry, right? How we heat the cold, right? This is all, like, humoral theory, right? But trying to find that, like, healthy balance, um, between um, what is hot, dry, cold, wet, you know. And... Very al- alchemy, ancient medicine. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, I immediately thought of the meme, like you got to dry the wet, wet the dry, dry the wet, wet the dry. And it's like pasta. You put, <laughs> I don't know. Chicken, fried chicken. <laughs> exactly. You put sauces on it. But it's yeah. like with pasta, you get the flour wet to make pasta and then you dry it out and then you cook it in water and then you put sauce on it. <laughs> it's like always. Yeah trying to find like where that sweet spot is right exactly balance um talking about sweet things right jupiter indulgence and trying to mercury so tell me what your thoughts on that because you're very jupiterian jonah i have to say that was an excellent segue i got you see that uh high school radio training uh right there um, <laughs> um so yeah we're getting a trine from mercury who's retrograde to jupiter um and this is going to be happening um uh i believe it's exact on the fourth yes yeah, monday monday september the fourth um at 15 degrees of uh taurus and virgo and so um, that day, actually, Jupiter is going to station retrograde. Um, but with this trine, and this is the second of three trines that these planets will be making because of the Mercury retrograde. Um, but Mercury, we have information, we have communication, um, we have ideas. Jupiter is the planet of expansion, so we can get big ideas, right? There can be big news. Um, And Jupiter also provides some optimism, right? Some hope. So we can uh, maybe find some information or come up with an idea that helps to give us hope through this retrograde process, right? Also, one of the things that I'm thinking about is Mercury can be thought of as the student and Jupiter as the guru or teacher, Right. And with this trine, which is a harmonious aspect, um, the student can be in a teaching role. Right. The teacher can be learning from the student. Right. And that sort of free flow of information between them. Right. And so um, 
I don't know. I think that this um, aspect, which again, will be exact on September the 4th, early in the morning, um, but is in full effect during this full moon, um, can really like help bring some inspiring information um, through like whatever Mercury is rethinking, redoing, realigning with. Um, Jupiter is going to come in and be like, oh, this one's good. Let's blow that up. Right. And then that day, Jupiter will station retrograde. And then um, uh, just to like think about the cycle um, on August 9th, uh, Mercury direct uh, trine Jupiter, who is direct in Taurus at 14 degrees. And then they will make their last trine on Monday, September the 25th, also at 14 degrees. So that 14, 15 degree mark, um, Mercury and Jupiter are um forming all of this uh, supportive relationship with each other around all through um, August and September. So I don't know, there's like, I, I really think about like churning stuff up and then like being able to find that, that um, really important piece or that piece that just like sings and then Jupiter like really helping to expand that and carry that forward. Yeah. That openness of communication between those two places. Like, I mean, that can even be our higher self and our little self, right? Yeah. Or the big self and all the parts, right? If you're into the internal family systems or astrology, <laughs> there's all kinds of characters inside of us there. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I love that. It's like the, the dialogue is open. The power dynamic is not non-existent in that in that kind of that trine it's very harmonious so hopefully you can speak up right things that have been on your mind you know sharing those with uh the people that are involved yeah yeah and mercury right is um analytic in virgo it's like really finding the right thing Right. And then Jupiter also has this faith that like, yeah, that's totally the right thing. Like you can, you can say it now, right. You can let it go. You can put it out there. Um, Jupiter's just like, whatever, it's great. Whatever it is, that's great. You know? And so that um, releases some of that pressure on that retrograde Mercury and Virgo to like, get it perfect. Right. Jupiter's like, yeah, whatever you put out there is perfect. Just cause you did it. Just cause you did it. That's like a very loving teacher. And yeah, and again, Jupiter, Taurus, Taurus, vocal cords, song, communication, mm. the throat. Uh, I had some, I had some like kind of final thoughts on the moon. And I, I said to you, you're like, well, what, do you, what is this moon about to you when we first spoke while you were walking to Trader Joe's for, for soup? Shout out to Trader Joe's. Maybe they can be our sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> ooh, ooh. Yep. Super days. Um, I I just said like I feel like this is a moon that we just needed we need to dance through the the fucking minefield, right? Mm -hmm. That that life is always going to be chaotic, and how are we processing that? How are we integrating that information that comes at us? Because um, sometimes we don't like what we have to swallow, right? Uh, the image is Saturn eating the stone baby, like that just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes it doesn't sit right and we have to kind of work through our delusions, which is another Piscean theme. Uh, I hope that you play some music out there in TV land and just be able to have some levity in these strange and just unprecedented times that we are existed in. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, Jupiter is the ruler of Pisces, the traditional ruler of Pisces. And Jupiter, again, this planet of faith, right? Hope, optimism, and being able to just like trust the process, right? And Pisces um, is looking to surrender, right? And so allowing ourselves to just surrender a little bit into the process and into what we can have faith in, you know, what brings us hope, what, what um, sparks that like optimism, you know? Soften. Go with the flow. Jonah, it's always a pleasure to spend a little bit of time with you, even if it's at the the final hour. My candle is spent. So yeah. I yeah, I'm so grateful for you showing up and sharing your wisdom. You are a treasure. 
Oh, thank you, Lauren. And also, like, you traveled all day, you taught all weekend, you know, it's super late, and, like, you showed up and still did this. You're like, I don't want to. Okay. No. It's what happens when you get two fire signs together. It's just like, okay, let's go. Let's do it. It'll be fun. Something, anything. Let's go ride bikes. I can't wait to ride bikes with you, Jonah. It's going to happen. One of these days. One of these days. Days. All right. Well, out there in, I don't know, Astro Land. What do we call it? What are we going to call our our followers here who listen to the show? We appreciate you. Yeah. Whatever. Who, however you identify, we appreciate you. <laughs> <laughs> Text me or DM me what you would like to be called, my, yeah. my beloveds out there. But you're all very precious and we're so grateful for the opportunity. You can find Jonah Emerson Bell as Blind Stallion Space Wizard. There are a lot of underscores in there to break up those words, but Blind Stallion Space Wizard on Instagram, TikTok, and under Jonah Emerson Bell on Astrostar. And we'll throw that up in the show notes with some referral codes and you can you can find it pretty easily on the app store. Uh, again, I'm Lauren Gay Hickman of Ursa Day Healing Arts. You can find me on Instagram at Ursa Day underscore 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 or online at ursaday.us. Thank you for joining us. And I hope that you all stay inspired out there. Bye now. Bye. And that's it for this full moon episode. I want to thank Jonah Emerson Bell, Blind Stallion Space Wizard, for joining me once again for a conversation and chat. Um, and I want to thank uh, those of you who've been interacting. I just want to shout out to Mama Sauce for letting us know that you too see the weirdo in us as we see it in you. Um, I saw that you were interested in transcripts. I'm going to look into that because that's a great idea. And uh, of course, being as accessible as possible, that's super important to me as well. So um, I'll see what steps I can take. Maybe we can get some Zoom translation devices happening with that. But thank you for that insight and that ask. Uh, I'm always wanting to improve and expand and figure out ways to be more, uh, you know, connected with our audience. Uh, that's that's what we're here for. It's who here we're here to serve. So uh, thank you for that feedback. And again, this is the Inspired Astrology Podcast. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a review. Uh, interact with the episode by hitting up some uh, feedback on the show notes. And you can always get in touch with Jonah and I via Instagram, through our websites. We're available. We're here for you. Uh, so until next time, I hope you stay inspired. Have a beautiful day.